um, I got a text randomly from Whiskey. So I didn't I didn't have Whiskey's number, mind you, because I didn't have a phone. I was always switching sims to you. Wow. So I just put it in. I saw Banky wants to sign you. I was like, who's this? So I called back. And I said, who is this? He said, this is Whiskey. Banky wants to meet you and he wants to sign. So that was how the story started. You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Right. Gentlemen, it brings me so much pleasure to welcome my brother from Nigeria, but I believe he's in East Africa at the moment. Correct me if I'm <laughs> No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back from Skills. Skills. What's hey, up? Hey, boom, boom, boom. You don't know. I'm good, man. I'm all right. Listen, you said you're back in Nigeria. You were in East Africa. It looked like it was love that took you there. Uh, it's, explain to us a little bit about your trip to East Africa. Man. <laughs> um. East Africa is like my second home outside Nigeria, you know, because um, the love over here is just overwhelming for scales as a brand and scales music. So um, basically, I went to work on a project of, um, of a new artist that's yeah. coming out from Uganda. He was signed by a friend of mine that owns a label. So yeah. we went to work on his album. I shot a couple of videos, also shot like the first single of my album that I'm working on. Wow. Also shot that too. So yeah. And, you know, just also went there to like refresh my head because that place... No, the weather is nice for me. <laughs> it's calm, it's calm. Listen, um, since I started this my show and podcast and stuff, I've been try I've been getting people on that I believe have a story to tell, not only with their music, their musical journey, but also within the culture. And you are one of those pivotal guys who, you know, had it at a point, see felt like you lost it at another point but then had it back and I've now continued to run. And you've been in this game well over 10 years. Now, yes. there was a time when I went into Nigeria, I think four or five years ago, and you yes. and I ended up at JJC's flat. Shout out JJC. Yeah, and we, we basically spoke for the entire evening and I got to understand your story, your journey. And I wish so much that that conversation we shared that night like the whole world could hear it. And that's one of the reasons I thought I'd bring you back here. You know, to start off, my brother, talk to me about the humble beginnings. You growing up, where <coughs> life yeah. started for skills. Uh, okay. Um, I'll make it pretty short because the yeah. story is long. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was born and raised in Kaduna State, which is like um, the northern part of Nigeria. Yeah. Um, I schooled. I schooled in both Kaduna, Jos, and Abuja, and um, yeah, I studied. I have two degrees, by the way. Wow. <laughs> I have banking and finance, and I have business administration. Mm. One from Leeds City, and the other from Jos. So um, yeah, I you know I used to like perform around school, secondary schools, proms. You know, sometimes perform in church. <laughs> you know, do all this kind of stuff just to you know, keep the dream alive because it was, yeah. it was back then it was, I mean, even till now, back then, you know, it was more about the love because, you know, things were not happening per se. You know, the only thing you get, oh, great job, great talent, you know. But yeah, it was more of the love and showcasing and just doing what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. So um, I won, I won a competition that was sponsored by like a telecommunication company and um, I was crowned a Northern champion. So I moved to Joss. Then from Joss, I met M.I., Jesse Jacks. As a matter of fact, just, I used to be Jesse Jacks artist one time. <laughs> it was wow. audio signing. <laughs> audio signing, because that time I was back in school. Yeah. And um, I, I, Jesse Jacks used to be like an idol back in school. Like, everybody was like, Jesse Jacks, Jesse Jacks. Wow. So I was like, 
when I met him, man, you know, it's like, um, I don't know if you've seen the video of when Kanye met one of his fans. And he yeah. Really for him. And that's how I met Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson was like, yo, I like this guy, come through. So I remember the first time uh, I went to meet Jesse Jackson, I saw M.I., Terry the Rapman, back then in Joss. Wow. So, uh, so Jesse Jackson was like, yo, you've not heard this guy. This guy is bad, man. So I remember that time we recorded Ben Download Remix, me, Jesse Jackson, M.I., uh, Terry the Rapman, that never got out, <laughs> you know? Wow. But yeah, so the, everybody spot their verses, and from there, I met Jeremiah Young. Then the first time I got into the studio proper to record my own song was with Jeremiah Young. He gave me a free session. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I came, then um, he played Kauna Allah for me back then. I jumped on it. So um, yeah, I mean, things were good because I won. I was Northern champion, you know, things was nice. Yeah. Then I decided to move to Lagos. Um, even though the people that I want the team, I want the, I don't want to call their name because they're my friends now. <laughs> the telecommunication company um, never gave me what I want. You, know? wow, you never so got the money? Man, they just gave me clothes and that's it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so I, I came to Lagos. I've never been to Lagos, mind you. That time from Kaduna, Lagos used to be like London. Mm. <laughs> like I'm, it's like America, you I'm going to, you know. So um, I was in Lagos. I was, I was crashing shows. My first show ever in Lagos I remember it was, um, I don't know if you know this comedian back then, his name's Kofi or so. He was doing a show in Unilag, Unilag Auditorium. And um, I, have, I had this crazy friend of mine that, you know, I don't know how, he always has passes to every event. <laughs> so I was bored. I was staying in Orile Igomu that time with a friend of mine that was just uh, crashing with him, like squatting yeah. with him. And mind you, I was only like 16 that time. Gosh. <laughs> but I was still going to back to school, like I was shuffling university like university and lagos i'll come to lagos like during weekends when it's about to be school time i either go on monday or if i see that i don't have lectures at any time that week i'll just stay in lagos wow. so anyway so, um yeah so i went to this show with this my crazy friend and i think it was it was basketball that was hosting too that day so um yeah we, well, an artist got off stage and the he had access to the dj booth because dj was his friend i remember that and um <clears throat> he just gave he just collected the mic and gave me first play i got on stage so everybody was like who the hell like he's not even on the bill so but the good thing is as soon as i started the whole crowd was screaming so i remember kofi telling them to like let him be let him be so yeah that's that's like the kickstart that from there i met my first manager who used to work for the same telecommunication company who thought that they didn't treat me right <laughs> okay now um he now hooks me up with events then i was building a buzz everywhere but then one i went to i became friends with osage Mm. Um, I, I used to go to this studio that, that time Kel, you know, Kel was like the hottest female rapper. Yeah, I used yeah. to go to this studio. I used to go to the studio called Night House. Yeah. And I remember going, um, going there. I just go there to sit, honestly, just to see wow. what it is. Cause I was new. I didn't know what was going on. I just wanted to see how it is. And so I used to see Wiz come through, do their thing. Kel come through, do their thing. Ted Rapman. So Ted Rapman now came and ran into me again at Night House. And it was like, this guy. So he was like, what do you need? I was like, man, I'm trying to get a session to record songs. He was like, oh, why not that? He has like, he's recording his mixtape. He could give me some sessions that he's not using for his So I was like, cool. So he gave it to me. Mind you, he, he, that it, obviously he's paid for it. So I guess he finished recording his mixtape, which I was also on. Yeah. He gave me a, he gave me a slot on it. So um, <clears throat> mind you, he, he, the, I remember it was Gomez, Timmy Gomez or so. Um, that was like the manager of the studio. That's, I don't know you know Gomez. He works with Lake now. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so I was going to the studio every day. My session never held for like two, three months. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I would trek from Orile Gomu to uh, Ebutemeta every time. 
but it was it was love for me because I was coming there, experiencing seeing them kill walk. You know, these are the guys I see on TV. You know, I can see them. You know, in my front, they're working. So I mean, Weez was cool with me. Me and Weez became friends. You know, and um, yeah, one day I thought they gave me a chance because they were one. Uh, Gomez was like, I think it was Osagi. That time she hadn't started managing me yet. She was like, this guy's always here. What's he doing? So. You know, one random day, they just played a beat. Ice Prince came through, yeah. That was, I don't know if you've seen the video of me, Ice Prince, and Wiz Freestyling. Yes, yes. That was, that was the story. So, <laughs> so they played the beat. And I was shy also. I was very shy because, you know, it was overwhelming that I'm seeing all these guys that are hot <laughs> when I'm just here. So that day, Osage said, you said you rap, rap. So she said, oh, skills, you'll be next. So I just rapped immediately. I said, rap. She just called me outside. She said, who are you? Where are you from? <laughs> wow. Then she said the session should happen. The session happened. I recorded my first single in Night House. It was produced by Jesse Jacks. The beat was by Jesse Jacks. Then, um, yeah, the rest was history. I was performing at, I think I was performing at Future Awards. Or it was a Sound Steel Future Awards, one of them. Then um, I got a text randomly from Whiskey. So I, did, I didn't have Whiskey's number, mind you, because I didn't have a phone. I was always switching sims to use wow. it. So I just put it in. I saw Banky wants to sign you. I was like, who's this? So I called back and I said, who is this? He said, this is Whiskey. Banky wants to meet you. He wants to sign. So that was how the story started. Started negotiating, doing stuff. I just told Banky that, listen, yes, I want to be signed, but I still want to stick in school. So can we find a way that, you know, school has to be part of the contract and stuff. So yeah, we did that. And yeah, that was the beginning of one of the. One of the also interesting things about your story is that you've always talked passionately about the influence and the impact of your mom in everything yeah. you've done and how tough it was for both of you yeah. while she was raising you by herself. Talk to me a little bit about that experience, being raised by a single mother <coughs> who was working hard to ensure that you got the best that she could afford. Yeah, um, you know, big shout out to my mom and you know, and other moms out there. You know, mm-hmm. um, but my mom is like my mentor, my hero, my soldier, my buddy, my best friend. You know, my number one gear. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I was raised by a single mom. My father abandoned us when I was like very young, mm-hmm. and so it was hell. You know, but my mom tried as much as possible to make sure that I never felt that way again. <laughs> Even though growing up, I started understanding, but that time I never felt it because she still tell me, "Oh, your father traveled." Like she didn't yeah. want me to hate my dad and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, um, part of the reason why she's like a major influence in my life is because this music thing. I feel like she introduced me to it because she used to own like a CD and cassette store in Kaduna. Like she's famous for that in Kaduna. Wow. So um, like every other kid that used to watch like cartoons and all kinds of animation movies to feel great. I never had that opportunity. I didn't know what a TV was. I bought myself till I bought myself a TV when I was 17. <laughs> That's when I knew what a TV was. Wow. Usually I go to a friend's house to watch things. We never had a TV, but we had radio, mind you. <laughs> we had radio every time. So the tapes, the what whatnot used to like be the only thing I listened to. And that time my mom used to only play like country music and stuff like that. So all these never go out. All those kind of stuff. <laughs> That's what I was listening to. But honestly, I just realized that randomly I was writing because I used to be like a poetic person, you know, and back then, like I used to just out of like boredom, 
in like maybe feeling low or just write things out and just rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. So I was building myself not unknowingly, <laughs> not knowing that I was going to end up doing music. So I met a couple of friends of mine that my mom made sure that I became friends with because she said, she said these are the kind of people I need to go. <laughs> so those friends of mine were also musically acquainted because uh, one of them was his father was a bishop and they owned like a full studio. So we should just go to the studio and mess around with music. But I was taking it seriously. This guy is not me. <laughs> but I never got the, I never got the chance to like um, get a song done. But yeah, my mom used to support me with like diskettes to take to him. He'll make beats for me that I used to use to go for events and you know just find the slots. Just all those shows back then couldn't I just go there. So we used to use diskettes. <laughs> when you were in Lagos as a 16-year-old, 17-year-old coming to Lagos with mm. dreams of somehow making it big. Yeah. Before yeah. this, you know, ultimate signing with Banky WEME. Talk to me yeah. about some of the, the hardships that a young man like yourself, you know, saw whilst trying to make it happen. How tough was it? What were the difficult moments that you felt like, yeah, Maybe I was in over my head, or I sh maybe I should just go back home. Yeah, um, I'll just give, I'll use one instance for you. Um, mm. So one time I got a slot to perform. That's my manager then that I told you about. Yeah. I got a slot to perform at uh, the Sound City something Music Blast. They used to do like a pre-award show, which yeah. was like a concert that was big. And I think that was the time I, I, had, I had made Heading for a Grammy, because I made Heading for a Grammy two years before I signed with. Wow. Yeah. So, so which means I was like much younger even when I made it. So um, yeah, I got. I remember like I, I didn't have transport that time because it was at Ocean View that time back then Ocean View, and I was staying at um, Orilegomo. I didn't have transport. So my friend that I was squatting with, I told him that yo man, this is a big deal in my life, man. I need, I need a ride. So I think that time his mom was sick. He had to take his mom to um, hospital. So he gave me like is it 200, 200 or one fifty for transportation. So I took a bus. Also, from that early side, I got to stop at CMS, and my money was finished. <laughs> so I had to. Back then, people used to know me with the backpack. Yeah. Like I used to always have a backpack on like that. So they didn't know that my whole life was in that backpack, like my clothes and stuff. <laughs> the only small clothes I had was in that backpack. It's just for anywhere my head stops. That's where I continue. <laughs> yeah. So, so I from CMS, I walked to. Ocean View. Ocean View from CMS. From CMS. I walked there and I remember reaching the gates. Somebody just shouted my name from the car. It was Jeremiah Giang. I just turned. I was like, hey, he was like, what's up? What's going on? I'm like, I'm performing. He was like, oh, do you have a pass? I'm like, uh, my manager is inside, but I don't have a phone to call him. I was like, damn. He said, come. He said, he said you look rough, man. You look dirty. Because obviously I was trekking. So he came. Yeah. So he dusted my jeans for me. He said, oh, I have one laser in the car. Would you like to rock it? I was like, yeah. So he gave me the blazer. I went back. I went, found a way to find my manager back then. And I got on stage. And it was basketball again, by the way. <laughs> so um, I was performing and the lights went off. So when the lights went off, I couldn't, you know, this kind, you just want to just create an impact, but you don't want, you don't even know if the crowd is yelling. Yeah. I didn't see the crowd yelling. I was just going, going. <laughs> so when the, when, even when the music went off, like I was still shouting. And performing, and mind you, this crowd was a lot. You know, the wow. back then, I don't know if you know the Sound Blast back of then. Of course, I know that. Yeah, so it was a lot. 
So when the lights now came on, Basima got on stage and said, oh, I should go. Then the crowd said, we want him. They said, screaming, we want him. We want everywhere. Was, I could see the band. Everybody saying, we want him. <laughs> you know, I was like, damn. Wow. So the, mind you, this time when I got on stage, I was more scared. Yeah, like I was more scared, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so I performed and it was crazy. After that time, you know, things, my life changed again. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I'm just using that as an instance to what other artists go through. Because, um, yeah, I, I, I sit down with new artists these days and I see, I'm wondering, like, what are you talking about? How again? tough, how tough it is for them. Now, yeah. one of the, after you got signed, obviously, EME, life took off. You and Wiz, Banky W, introduced you to the world, his supposed retirement plan at the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you guys had hit records. You toured the UK. You toured the United States of America. But it looked yeah. like Wiz went off. And slowly yeah. but surely, it was like your things went quiet for you. And eventually, yeah. you left EME. Talk to yeah. me about that you know, what it felt like as a musician where, you know, you saw your music partner in Wiz go up and then it just mm. felt like things stalled for you and things weren't working and eventually you left the label that you believed was going to elevate you to the next level. What, mm. what were you going through during those times? Um, it was really deep, you know, because um, I, was, I was basically, the major issue I had was not creatively being free. You know, mm. like the kind of music I wanted to make, I was not like, you know, it was not allowed. Funny thing is I was still under EME when I made Shake Buddy and wow. the jam was rejected. The jam was rejected when I put it in. <laughs> so now you understand the, so it was more like, okay, they wanted this sound, but this is what I want to do. Mm. Okay. And for me as an artist, it's like, I, how I roll is, you know, it's what I feel like this is what, how I want to express myself is how I, because I feel like as an, as an artist, you're happy that way because you're expressing yep. yourself how you want it. So that was what me, I was battling with, you get me? So, which was part of the reason why, you know, I was like, you know what, since deal is done, let me do my thing now. And I mean, after that time, after me, I remember just putting out one song after me and my life changed. <laughs> so. Where were yeah. you, where were you when, shake body when you got the the feeling that yo it looks like this record might be the one to, to do everything where were mm. you and and ha, talk us through that moment when you you left hear me everybody felt like scales had gone quiet you put out mm. one record as you said mm. and everything just came coming back where were you yeah. how did you feel when that happened man it was a crazy time for me that time, you know, uh, most especially the fact that, you know, the story got out there, you know, mm. first of all, the me, every time I, like my, I used to have a friend back then that didn't used to let me watch TV at all. Because <laughs> every time we turned to one music channel, skills has been dropped by EME. Skills has been dropped by EME everywhere. So she's like, you know what? Stay away from TV, radio, internet. So I remember even deleting all my pictures and just logging off. <laughs> so, um, to cut the long story short, let me just skip because there are some things I don't want to talk about. <laughs> but to cut the long story short, uh, it was it was one it was two instances that I knew that that this is it. You know, I was like, you know, if this doesn't work, then I don't know. <laughs> so um, first of all, when I recorded Shake Body, because of the way the the rejection in EME for that song, I started feeling some type of way about the song also because mm. you know I was like, oh, man. 
what what sound am I going to do that YouTube going to be happy? <laughs> so anyway, so is um yeah. So it was Olumentain first of all. Uh, Olumentain and Tunde Ednot. <laughs> Funny wow. enough, Tunde Ednot was there when I was recording Shake Body. He was there, and so um I remember Tunde Ednot called Olumentain that yo, um, skills record this song. I've been playing for Olumentain in here now. So I played it. I remember Olumentain telling me he wants to buy it. So I remember that yo, the money he offered me, I don't want to call it, was good. <laughs> so, and I needed it that time because I was still sporting with somebody else. Because after hearing me, I didn't have where to stay, you know, sleeping in my car. It's a long story. <laughs> I go there again because I've said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, Lumenting came, heard the song. I played other songs for him. I was like, wow, that the world needs to hear all the songs, man. I was like, man, if you know since when I recorded all the songs. So he was like, yo, he wants Shake Body. And I said, okay, let me discuss with Osage. Uh, Osage was like, if he wants it, that means this song is hot. You need it to get <laughs> and all. So yeah, that passed. That's uh, me and Ulumentin were still cool. You, every time he sees me, he say, Where, where's my song? Yeah. <laughs> then uh, I remember 2014, my birthday, 21st April 2014, it was my birthday. Mm. And I did a, a friend, some friends of mine know I, I, I don't have money to celebrate my birthday. So they always, I don't know why my friends always come with me. So they organized a birthday for me at the back of their house with a pool. And I invited people like Emanaira, Choria Kimani, Tunde Ednot, all of them were all there just chilling some, with some of my other, Sam Clef, my other random friends. And I was a DJ for that day. I was just, just running my song because it's my birthday, so I could do whatever I want. So I was playing songs and randomly, I, like I said, I'm always shy to play shit, buddy. And yeah. randomly, it just got into the playlist and it just played. And when they heard it, I can't remember, is it that Victoria or Emanaya that ran? I said, whose song is that? I was like, yeah, uh, one guy. <laughs> so she said, play it again. So I played it. As I played it, they, everybody was dancing and turning up. Oh, as obvious. Tunlena was just, yeah, yeah, my jam, my jam, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I just knew it. And I was like, to just say, yo, this is it. Now we're dropping this song anyhow. Yeah. Then I remember also playing for Wiz to Wiz said, yo, Wiz was like, yo, this is mad. And stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and I put it out. I, I can't remember the date I put it out, but I just put it out. Just letting God do his thing. And I remember it was just one SoundCloud post. <laughs> one SoundCloud post. And I probably sent it to blogs. And it went out. It became what it became. It transformed, you know, the scales. It gave you back what you always wanted. Your own type yeah. of music, doing whatever you like, rapping, singing. And since Shake Body, it's been hits after hits you touring yeah. the world dropping projects all of that stuff talk to yeah. me a little bit about now being the boss of yourself yeah. being your own boss running things and what kind of weight is on your shoulder as a label head taking yeah. all of these decisions yourself yeah um Honestly, I gotta give it up to everybody that owns a label one way or the other. It's crazy, man. It's really crazy, yeah. you know. Um, but the good thing is, I have like a support system, which is my team, yeah. that, you know, I could go to sleep sometimes and I know that, you know, things, they know how I want things to be done. You know, it's not perfect, but, you know, we're just building on it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy because, yeah, you have like executive decisions all first. Yeah. Two, you have, um, I mean, it's crazy that, I don't have like a particular ARR, but I have like a bunch of people that I send projects to like, oh, yeah. what do you think we should do? Who should we put on this? How should it sound? Yeah. And stuff like that. So that decision, 
And um, of course, you know, when it comes to distribution, when it comes to Finances. even right now, even right now, the new normal, you know, yeah. you know that even right now, the new normal, all those kind of decisions is crazy. So, but yeah, it's, it's hectic, man. It's really hectic. Mm. And yeah. Last <laughs> year, I think it was last year or maybe earlier this year, an announcement mm. came, Skills had partnered with Harmonize. Yeah. Tanzania, you know, the first way when, when they sent me the news, the first thing was like, oh, scale signed to harmonize. And I'm yeah. thinking, that's important. You can't sign to harmonize because, yeah. yeah, you're a monster by yourself. So talk me through what kind of partnership you guys have and what made you take that step or that decision to collaborate with your brother Harmonize from Tanzania. Yeah. Um, it was nothing that had to do with like a record deal or anything. It was just management, because <laughs> so, um, I've been I've been there, like I've been around there and stuff. So I believe what I believe in in is division of labor. Sometimes, if someone is familiar with a particular ground, you give them that responsibility to take care of you, and you know, it's more it's more serious when they know that there's a commitment, there's an agreement, yes. yeah, yeah, and stuff. So that was the whole idea. You know, who else would I want to? do partnership to handle my stuff over there for me mm. than, than someone that I've been working on projects with for quite a long time and, you know, been successful at it. And we've never had like business disagreements and stuff like that. It's just been transparent and cool. So basically that's why we made that move. Cause honestly it's like, apart from even yet yeah, business part is like vice versa already. Like I take care of him when he's here. As a matter of fact, he's coming here like probably tomorrow or next. I take care of him when he's here in Nigeria. He comes to my house, my studio, we record. We, you know, party, we go play football. Then when I'm there, it's the same thing. The same so thing. basically, yeah, that was, that's what it is like. You know. how, how important is it for us as Africans to see these type of relationships blossom where, you know, Scales is from Nigeria, Harmonize from Tanzania, and we're yeah. starting to see these very strong friendships that for a while we never saw in Africa, these Pan-African yeah. relationships that's very yeah. healthy. How important is it for, for the public to see this? Yeah. Um, partnership for me is such a, you know, very, very serious thing. You know, if you want things to, because like, how, what's that word? What's that English again that they say like, no man is, one, one man is an island or something like yeah. that. You always need, you always need that plug. Yes. Because you don't know, you don't know your city better than they do. I don't know London as better than you do. I don't know the industry in London more than you do. Yeah. I'm sure there are some things I know here also that you don't Absolutely. know. So basically, I feel like it's great if we, t and that way we grow stronger even as a, as, as a continent generally, mm. that the fact that, you know, we're all plugging in, into each other and just making each other stronger one way or the other. So partnership should be like one thing that we as African artists should, you know, get involved with. I, yeah. I don't know about the relationship part, you know, but I feel like as everything is better now, like Africans chill Every anywhere they see each other, regardless of whatever language Absolutely. barrier or whatever culture barriers, but yeah, partnership is very important. That's all I can say, especially Absolutely. on grounds that you're not familiar with. Absolutely. Now we mentioned Shake Body. You've had very big hit records that have like completely left Nigeria and gone into other parts of the world. Another yeah. record that did amazingly well and continues to have life is Shaku Shaku. My brother, that record, <laughs> come on, man. You, you know, the, the, the French national team were dancing to that after they won the World Cup, bro. 
that yeah. record went around the world. Talk to me about making a record and then just sitting back and seeing it in places that you never dreamt of, like at the World yeah. Cup with Frank, you know, uh, Paul Pogba and the team dancing to it. What does that, yeah. how does that make you feel, man? Man, I still get goosebumps when things like that happen, you know, for me, because I feel like every day is like a fresh start. So I still get goosebumps for that. But for how it flies, honestly, I got to say big up to people like you, honestly, like mm -hmm. I said, you guys are the plugs, you know, um, you guys influence things. You guys make things happen for us as artists, because honestly, all I know is we just probably wake up, we, we have a record on ground. I could be sure I'm not sure of it, but if my team is like saying, okay, let's go. I'll say, okay, fine, let's go, let's do it. So um, the strategy, the, you know, the promo, it's just mind-blowing for me because I know that I still feel like we don't do enough for promo. But people like, you, like, people like you, like I say, always just make it easier for us, honestly. And that's how it's been for me. That's mm. the story of that whole song, honestly. Absolutely, man. 2020, COVID-19 has shut down the entertainment industry and made life even more difficult for live performers like yourself. How have you yeah. kept sane throughout this very difficult year? And what yeah. have you been doing whilst everybody was sat at home? What have you been yeah. doing? Um, I've, like everybody, everybody else, I've developed new talents that I didn't know I had. <laughs> so, what, so what talent is that? Are you what, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, I've, been, I've been creating a lot of content that I feel like I'm not, I, don't, I shouldn't let the cat out of the bag right now. But are you for real? You're I've an actor been, now? You're an actor. No. <laughs> no, we're working towards that one. That one, we're, we're working towards that one. Because I would love to see myself act. I tried it out once and it's hectic. I had to bounce. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, you know, um, what I just really love is the fact that, you know, it could just go from, oh, you get booked to perform on live to being booked to perform on a YouTube or, yep. or one, one virtual concert. You know, I mean, sometimes like, um, like I did one virtual stuff for East Africa Competitive concert for East Africa. It was awkward to me, but it was fun because this time, like, there's no crowd that you have to. I mean, you don't even, if they're not feeling it, it's fine, but they like it, you know. But yeah, so I'm, I'm here, like, with my band, and, you know, we're just having fun. And we know people are, you know, have their drinks in their clubs, turning up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, also, it's been very inspirational because, I mean, I've seen artists come out in this same period, you know, that yeah. I'm like, wow you know and it's inspired me in many ways like i can't wait for the world to hear my new sounds uh I, due to that i met like new artists there's a new artist called dtac i met him he produced my next single you know how we do and i always send this single to you, so you know how you feel <laughs> so um yeah man it's been innovative it's just been interesting and i feel like artist life creative life just got better because now you don't have sometimes maybe you don't even have to do a show <laughs> like all you need to do is just get the rights um should i say promotion yes. so people can hear your whatever you create and you know your streams go up you know absolutely or, so and make which, the right move which artists are you listening to now i know that now uh afrobeats has become incredible you have the likes of your brother like Wiz. you know you had yeah. the burner boy all of these guys doing incredible yeah. things around the world but which artists are you listening to watch on scales playlist in 2020 Nigerian or Nigerian, Nigerian, Nigerian. <laughs> um, I mean, um, oh, plenty of, there are plenty. There are many. There's um, I mean, cause me, I'm very like, 
you know, I leave Nigeria to listen to other sounds. So I'll mention plenty of names. You know, there's, of course, Omale, you know, Sensation's like the man of the season right now, you know. Mm. Omale, of course, we is born now, Olamide, Davido. Um, who else again? Yemi Alade. Uh, Yemi Alade, man, that's my, that's, that, yo, that girl, man, damn. <laughs> she's my, should I say my spirit? Uh, what did, what's that word? Anyways, yeah. she, she's Just like your twin. She, you know, yeah. Tio Savage. Um, I mean, quite a lot. Um, then from there's Harmonize, of course, there's Diamond, there's Zuli Toms, there's, there's, yo, East Africa is hot. It's crazy. East Africa is crazy. The music is fire. Yeah, yeah, I was there for three weeks. The music is fire. So East Africa, I'll say there's Lydia Jasmine, Spice Diana, there's Daddy Andre, there's there's Sheba, there's, of course, a new guy that I'm working with again, Zuli Toms. It's fire, man. Because of you, now yeah. you you have a, a record out. You know the remix back with featuring techno, smashing yeah. single. You're talking about a new single, so mm. and I know you've mentioned an album. So are these yeah. singles going to be part of the the open the, the album that's that's coming? Um, the next single I'm putting out. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we're part of the album. But anyway, two is um. Yeah, but you know, Badman Love was from um, from the Healing Process EP, which I put out in July. Yes. Yep. And I mean, it's, it, it numbers wise did great. You know, the song also. You know, you know how you, you you just don't know the one that people like, but you just gotta keep pushing. Yeah. So I I just feel like females, most especially, single-handedly picked out exactly. Badman Love. <laughs> yeah. And because I'm still marvelled every time I go to places, maybe low key, just chilling with my friends, and you know, I'm very disguised. And it comes out, I just hear girls screaming. It's just like, I'm on. And it's just like, damn. Then I went to East Africa, and East Africa is female anthem. Wow. <laughs> like every girl, every girl that I chilled with just had the phone, had the song on their phone, and they're blasting, or maybe house parties, we just crash, we just hear them playing it, and everybody's screaming. So it was like, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, but big up um, Techno also for the remix. He actually reached out to me by himself. Wow. Said, Yo. Yeah, because he loved the song. Because the song was play- like, yo, I- the song was playing everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, and I feel like it was out of the love also that people had for the record. But, um, yeah, Tech- me and Techno linked up. We, you know, we recorded the track. He did like three versions of the song. Actually, wow. wow. On his own. Then I was the one that single-handedly picked that um, verse that he, he yeah. one of from one of the versions he had, I picked that verse that I, I really like that verse, and I, we arranged the song together, shot the video, and we took everything happening within four or five days. You know, just shot the video, did everything. Yeah. One thing, but I, yeah, wanted to, one, one thing yeah. I wanted to ask you before we, we close out is your ability to rap and sing and yeah. doing both comfortably at a point in the music industry, be it hip-hop or whatever and now afrobeats and afropop people being able to do both were not celebrated it was almost being frowned upon at a point like yo are you a rapper or a singer a rapper with a yeah. sing song what's going on but it looks like nowadays we're starting to respect the artistry of having those two talents how do you you know first of all how did you stumble on both because you can hold a note in singing and you can put you know punch lines are crazy how did you stumble on both and what kept you going with having both ability and and be comfortable to switch at any time um for me i come from a city where that is common (laughs) like you see a singer rapping a rapper singing 
And so it was it's just common, you know, because I come from a city where creatives are like surplus. <laughs> so um, you have to hold your ground in whatever kind of way and you're allowed to express yourself however you feel. So for me, is if I feel like this is how I want to sound, if I want to rap on this record, I just do it. If I feel like I should sing on this record, I just do it, whether other people disagree. You get me? So that, that's how it is for me. Mm. You know But honestly, I won't categorize myself as just a rapper or a singer. I'll just say as a cre- I'm a creative that is allowed to do anything. As long as he, the talent is there and he can hold his ground in any field that he decides to, you know, show himself or express himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, finally, man, I always want to ask people like you who've seen it all. Come through the yeah. rough, been to the top, you sip to champagne, I see you in Dubai, I see you in Uganda, <laughs> you know. Um, what advice would you give these young up-and-coming guys that are looking at people like yourself and, you know, and are still in dark places and just hoping yeah. that one day they'll be able to hit the light? What would you tell them? Um, most importantly, I'll say um, respect the elders in the game because they're, they're going to teach you how not to make their own same mistakes. Mm. You get me? Because um, I'll use you as an example. I remember the first time me and you met and there was like a misunderstanding. You felt like I was being proud and you didn't know I was kind of shy and staying yeah. away from everybody. Yeah. And, all. and I remember you reached out to me. It was like, that's not how to go. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Then I apologized and yeah. I told you, no, you didn't understand what I was doing. But anyways, like, things like that, like talk to people, talk to people that have been there before let them direct you, let them guide you. You know, most importantly, second thing is educate yourself, read. Okay? Like read, there's books. I mean, I'm not great at that. <laughs> you know, I just pick a book and pick the parts that I want to learn about and move on. Okay? So, you know, just read, educate yourself. The good thing is now everything is online. Read, you know, educate yourself. Of course, always practice. Like I believe every artist should always be recording because that's Absolutely. how you get better. That's how you sharpen your skills. Of course, uh, the common thing right now I hear is everybody's doing drugs. <laughs> so stay away from drugs. Fantastic. <laughs> stay away from drugs. And the networking, again, very important. Network with people. Whether you like them or you hate them, be their friend because you need mm. them. <laughs> yeah. mm. Be their friend. You know, um, yeah. Absolutely, man. Finally, uh, it's been said that love is also one of the reasons you're always in Uganda. What's going yeah. on, my brother, man? Yeah, I, I, I see. Yeah. Come on, brother, man. What's going on? No, Talk man. About- no, for me, yeah. for me, it's, it's majorly about the scene because when I'm out there, there's always peace of mind. <laughs> and you know you know where we live in Lagos. You know how it is. It's crazy out here, man. So, yeah, they tell you. So, but you see over there, everything is laid back. Everything is it's just nice, you know. And I have, like, friends over there. So that's why if I want to escape, I just go there because <laughs> those are, my, like, my family. I either go there or I go to Tanzania or go to... Kenya. Well, yeah, I just, I, I, most of the times is usually work stuff, work related stuff. That's why I, also want, I also wanted to ask you this, just basically for the fans, you've worked with people like Banky W and Wizkid at the beginning mm-hmm. when a lot of people didn't know them. What specifically about those two individuals, each one of them, tell me something specific that you saw at that time that just convinced you that these people we're definitely going to be, you know, at the top and in this game for a long time. What were the attributes that you saw, for example, with Wizkid? Um, I would say most importantly is hard work. <laughs> that was one thing I see with Wiz. Wiz has always been a hard working person, you know. And because because of that, all of us are like 
put on our food to also be hardworking because, of course, the person that signed us was very hardworking. We see how many times he doesn't sleep, you know, traveling up and down, you know, making sure everything's perfect, the image, the branding, the, the story, you know, everything is perfect. You know, so, it, I mean, they're both perfectionists and hard workers, you know, mm-hmm. and they just, they, just, they just know how to, you know, do this business. That's basically what I was saying. Absolutely, my brother. I appreciate you as always for spending yeah. some time with me. Before you go, you just introduce yourself and you just say like this is Adeshokwe Live. Okay. All right. Now? Yeah. yeah. All right. What up, man? It's the S to the K A L E S Skills, aka Badman. And right now, I'm chilling with the greatest Adeshokwe on Adeshokwe Live. You don't know. <laughs> You're listening to Adishokbe Live, the Afrobeat podcast. Right. 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 Right.